everyone. Welcome back to the online ministry of Grace Baptist Church. We're continuing our series in the book of Colossians called Jesus Underestimated. We've said that people under, underestimate who Jesus is, what he did, and what's possible in a life with him. This series looks at what happens when Jesus is back in the place that he deserves in our lives. Today's message is called Jesus Joined at the Hip, and we're considering why you should lean into your relationship with Jesus instead of moving on from it. Let's start, though, with a research project that was done to study the factors contributing to success in music. David Brooks reports on a study done by Gary McPherson back in 1997. He looked at 157 randomly selected children as they picked out and learned a musical instrument. He was hoping to identify what made some people become great musicians, while others never succeeded. What he learned was that IQ didn't seem to have much influence. Neither did the child's math skills, sense of rhythm, or family income. He even tested the children's hearing to see if that was the key. It wasn't. The number one predictor of whether the child went on to become an accomplished musician was a question that McPherson asked before the child had even picked out their instrument. The question was this, how long do you think you'll play? The children who said that they were going to try out their instrument for a little while never really got anywhere with it. The ones who said they, they planned to play for a few years, they made some progress. But there were some children who said, in effect, I want to be a musician. I'm going to play for my whole life. Those children went on to achieve remarkable success. Now, I find that study interesting but troubling also. It troubles me because I feel like we're living in an era where the pace of life and the overload of information makes us feel easily distracted. It's hard for us to go deep with anything because there's always something new to try. We want the sampler plate of life, and so we miss the fruit of a long, deep commitment in a singular direction. That's probably why I never became a great musician. But it's also why we often struggle in our relationship with Jesus. Since you're listening to this message, you might be thinking, I'm still heading in the same direction in my faith. But are you? What often happens is that we hold on to the forms of our faith long after we've given up the heart of our faith. Do you remember a time when you really sought the face of God? Can you think of a time when you were really growing in your walk with him? Was there a time when your obedience was deep and unflinching? Does that still describe you? If you've gotten distracted along the way, then today's passage is just for you. And if you haven't, then today's scripture may give you the help that you need to avoid straying from the path that you're on now. If you have your Bible handy, I'd ask you to turn with me to Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 to 15. If you don't have a Bible, you can click on the link for today's passage in the description below. Colossians 2, starting at verse 6. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, 
having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. This is the word of God. Now, this passage gives us the motivation to go deep with Jesus when we're tempted to flit around. And it starts by calling us to deepen our roots in Jesus because he fills us. So many promises in life are just to build up our hopes only to let them down. But Jesus satisfies us. What we most need is truly in him. Deepen your roots in Jesus because he feels, fills you. If you haven't already highlighted verses 6 and 7 in your Bible, then you probably should. These are two of the most foundational verses in Colossians and maybe even the whole New Testament. Let them sink in as I read them again. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. He's pointing Christians back to the time when they first trusted in Jesus, and he's saying, that's how you live the Christian life. If you're a follower of Christ, there was a time when you first realized what a problem your sins were. You recognized the damage they brought to your life, and you wanted to be free of them and forgiven of them. And you saw that Jesus was everything you needed. He died to save you from your sins, and he called you to turn from your own way and trust him as the new Lord in your life. So you invited him to take charge. What Paul's saying is that that isn't just how you receive Jesus. That's how you live the Christian life. It's like we're reenacting our first encounter with Jesus and the gospel day by day, moment by moment, but not in a superficial, repetitive way. He says, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. Rooted means you go deeper. Built up says you go higher. Established says strengthen everything in between. And abounding in thanksgiving at the end of the verse isn't just saying, don't forget to be polite and thank him for your meal, although there's nothing wrong with that. It's saying, live in the wonder of all that Jesus did for you and does for you in the gospel. Do you know what distracted, novelty-chasing Canadian Christians like us often do, though? When we receive Jesus, we admit our sins. We tell God that we're fed up with him. We trust that Jesus forgives us and we ask him to lead us. And we live off of the high of that for a while. But then often we move on. We think we've graduated from the beginner class. And so then when we become aware of new sins in our lives or when old ones pop up again, we become defensive. Because we're hiding the sins instead of confessing them, they take root in our lives. And if we're honest, we're glad to have them back. At the same time, we don't want our new Christian friends to think that we're bad people. So we double down on our effort to look good and put on a performance. Before we know it, we're living a religious life with no Christ, no Savior, no forgiveness, and no good news. And you can't live like that for too long before you think, there must be something more and we become vulnerable to strange ideas and weird teachings. That's why Paul warns the Colossians the way he does in verse eight. 
He says, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. They thought the gospel was like the kindergarten class of Christianity. So they were easy prey for the people who came along and said, we've got a program that'll take you to the next level. We've got some secret teachings and really hard practices that'll just blow your mind. Praying to God is fine, but when we engage with angels and spirits, we can actually feel them in the room. I don't know if any of that sounds familiar to you, but over the years, I've seen Christians put Jesus and the gospel in the backseat and get caught up in some of the strangest things. I've seen them turn to biblical vegetarianism as the answer, or they look for the answer in decoding the numbers of the Bible. They decide speaking in tongues must be the answer, or maybe convincing others not to speak in tongues is their new calling. People look for their salvation in politics or activism or revolt, or they become a disciple of their favorite influencer or their favorite celebrity. And the message of the Bible isn't just that that's bad or that there's something more out there that God doesn't want you to enjoy. It's saying that all of the answers are in Christ. You don't have to go looking elsewhere. He's the one that fills us. He's the one that satisfies us. That's what he says in verses 9 and 10. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him. If you're a believer, you've experienced this. You've tasted that full, satisfying experience of having your sins forgiven. You've known the fullness of feeling at peace with your Creator. You know the fullness of the Holy Spirit changing you and assuring you. But maybe in our easily distracted, novelty-chasing world, you thought there was something else you might try next. Go back to Jesus instead. Deepen your roots in Him. There's more to be experienced. He's full of all that we need, and he fills us as we seek him. So we're called to deepen our roots in Jesus because he fills us, but also because he frees us. Jesus is the only one who can change us from the inside out. Other people can say, here's the new program. Only Jesus can say, here's the new you. Deepen your roots in Jesus because he frees you. Now, verse 11 is one of those sentences that if you're reading on your own, you're tempted to shrug and skip over it. It says, In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Now, if you're new to Christianity, you're thinking, baptism is strange enough. Don't tell me I have to get circumcised as well. Let me explain. He's using the Jewish practice of circumcision as an illustration of what Jesus has done for us. In circumcision, someone takes a knife and cuts off a part of your body as a way of saying, I'm drawing a line and making a new start. When we put our trust in Jesus, that's what he does. Not to our physical bodies, but to our human tendencies. Jesus takes a knife to our sinful impulses. It's a promise of Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 6. And the Lord your God will circumcise your heart so that you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul that you may live. God takes a scalpel to our heart and begins to operate to change our impulses and our desires. When we first believe, his knife deals our sinful nature a decisive blow. 
but then he continues to cut away at it as we seek him. From circumcision in verse 11, he turns to baptism in verse 12. It says, having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. The idea here is that through baptism, we're united with Jesus in his death and resurrection. When you trust in Jesus, you hold a funeral for your old life and then a birthday party for your new one. All of that imagery is wrapped up in the practice of baptism. When you trust in Jesus, you have new resources, a new identity, a new hope. You've got God on your side and God's strength within you. And what Paul wants the Colossians to see is that nobody else can do this for us. And so he's urging them to lean in to their relationship with Jesus. Go deeper with him. Seek more of him. Now, the message is the same to us, and yet I fear that we are easily distracted. I learned to play a little bit of recorder in elementary school, but I never kept it up. Then I played trombone for a few years, but today I could barely squeak out a note. I tried my hand at guitar and cajon too, but I never put enough in to get much out. Often we're the same in our faith. Instead of going deep into it, we just sam sample it. We play around with it. We dabble. And that's a huge loss because Jesus can do something that nobody else can. But he's not an appetizer. He's the only one who can perform surgery on our heart. He's the only one who could put our old life behind us. He's the only one who gives us a new life instead of just a new program. So God's calling us to deepen our roots in Jesus because he fills us, because he frees us, and finally, because he forgives us. Where else are you going to go with the shame that we all feel? There are lots of people who want to offer us permission to sin, but that can get old real fast when you see the damage that your sins can do. We don't need somebody's permission to sin. We need forgiveness of sin. We need saving from our sins. So deepen, deepen your roots in Jesus because he forgives you. So deepen your roots in Jesus because he forgives you. Verse 13 explains our position as Christians like this. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him having forgiven us all our trespasses. Know that, notice that it's not the really sincere people who tried hard enough that God forgives. He says, we were dead in our trespasses. That means that our sins had cut us off from God. Something spiritual inside of us had died. We were lost causes and hopeless cases. But God gave us life. He made us alive in our spirit. He brought our relationship with him to life. But notice what it says. It doesn't just say that God made us alive. It says, God made us alive together with him. Our new life is with Christ, connected to him, abiding in him, joined at the hip. And he's forgiven all our trespasses. Now, trespass is an old word, but I really like it. What do you think of when you hear the word trespass? We only use it with no trespassing signs nowadays, right? Think of all the fences you've crossed in your life. Think of all the times you've crossed the line with your words or your actions. Think of the boundaries that you violated out of greed or lust or selfishness. Who else are you going to go to for forgiveness? 
Who else can help you put the past in the past so that you can face the future? The influencers today who just tell you to love yourself can't do that. The moguls who tell you that the answers in your professional success can't solve this problem. And when you carry around guilt and condemnation, it's like a weight on your back. It turns a walk in the forest into a portage, and it cuts you off from fellowship with God, fellowship with his people, and the resources you need to get better. Verse 14 pictures all of the lines we've crossed and the sins we've committed, written up and itemized on an IOU before God. Think of the trespasses that would be on your list. Picture the sins that God has seen and placed a value on. It's a huge debt. Now picture God standing on the mount outside Jerusalem, crossing off your list, writing paid in full, and pinning your IOU to the spikes that held Jesus to the cross. Who else offers you that? Who else could accomplish that? As I think of how central the truths of this passage are to our faith and walk with Jesus Christ, it strikes me that the biggest threat to our understanding of Christianity in our generation may be the bachelorette, or the bachelor, or 90 Day Fiance, or just about every reality dating show or romantic comedy that's ever been made. <laughs> because the message in all of them is that the really exciting part of a relationship is starting it. They like to cut away as soon as they say, I do. And often today, they skip that and instead just say, let's do it. Because of that, we lack role models of people who dig deeper into relationships over years and decades. We think that relationships are to be sampled, and the more the better. It makes us shallow, leaves us hollow. And too often, we bring that into a relationship with Jesus. There's energy and investment up until the rose ceremony, but then we don't know what to do next. We flit around, but never go deep. We get distracted, and we stay shallow. I'm old enough now to realize that there are some of you who are listening right now who are doing just that. You're treating Jesus like an appetizer. And after a while, having realized that appetizers aren't meant to fill you, you'll go looking for another. Listen to me when I say that a relationship with Jesus can fill you. It can satisfy you. He'll take a scalpel to your sinful impulses. He'll give birth to a new you. He'll free you from your sins. And only he can forgive you. He'll pay your IOU and lift the weight of guilt that'll otherwise crush you. If you haven't turned from your sins and put your trust in him, then come to him today. But don't just give Jesus a rose ceremony. Trust him as your Lord and Savior, not an appetizer. That means you put down roots in him. You work at the relationship. You continue the way you began. Part of what's keeping some of you from the fullness of your relationship with Jesus is that you're not growing in your knowledge of him. In verse 7, when Paul talked about being built up and established in the faith, he said, just as you were taught. He could assume that they had been taught about a gospel-centered life. If you're honest, many of you couldn't say that. Even as we went through the unstuck life as a church last year, only half of the people registered for it made it through Believe, the first section. If that's you, Maybe you need to pick up where you left off. There are others who got through believe, connect, and share. And maybe you're wondering, what's next? I think the Apostle Paul would say, go back to where you started. There's more to believe. 
there's more to connect. There's more to share. The goal isn't to check off all the boxes. It's to put our roots down deep in the foundation. Look for areas where you need to grow in your belief. Look for where, ways that you have failed to connect. Look for ways that God might be leading you to share. Come back to your first love and know that Jesus is waiting for you as you do. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray for the patience not to run around distracted in our relationship with you, not to go shallow, to move on from the gospel, but help us to lay down deep roots in it. Help us to keep coming back to Jesus Christ in all his fullness and believe that our fullness is in him. Help us to keep coming back to the gospel, to keep confessing our sins, to keep receiving your forgiveness, to keep asking you to take charge in our lives and lead us in your paths. And help us, Father, to grow up in Christ. Lead us, guide us. And fill us with the gratefulness that comes from living a life of awe and wonder at all that you've done for us. For we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I hope this message has encouraged you to go deep with Jesus when you're tempted to treat him like an appetizer. Remember that only Jesus fills you. Only he frees you. Only he forgives you. And all of the answers are in him. If today's talk has stirred up questions or you'd like to know more about a relationship with Jesus, send me an email or leave a comment below. If you think this is a message that others need to hear, leave a comment, share the link, and help spread the word. As always, for more messages of hope, visit gracebc.ca. God bless and see you next time. Thank you.